Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, October 5th. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis-based artist Kababi Bayok has been working on a series of spray paintings for months. Now they are on display outside the old Greyhound bus station in North St. Louis. I wanted everybody to be able to see something different. And I wanted some. I wanted the work to be different than anything anybody's ever seen. Bayok describes his colorful illustrations that depict black lives in just a few minutes. Our Chad Davis will have that story. The number of deadly overdoses in St. Louis and St. Louis County in the first seven months of this year is more than 30 percent higher than the same period in 2019. Those numbers are from researchers at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports experts say the pandemic is partially to blame for the increase. Addiction treatment advocates say the pandemic has created conditions where drug users are at higher risk of relapsing, overdosing, and dying. They say more people are using drugs alone. Social distancing makes it difficult for people to go to treatment, and many are isolated, under stress, or have lost their jobs. Advocates say black people died from overdoses at a rate 54% higher than in 2019. Evan Schwartz is an emergency room physician at Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis. We were already seeing problems as far as higher rates and having difficulty accessing treatment or having barriers to the treatment. I think it just got worse in that community. White women in the region were the only group that saw a decrease in fatal overdose deaths, 10% lower than last year. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. An easing of youth sports restrictions in St. Louis County is expected to be announced today. Five on Your Side reports county football is expected to be one of those sports affected, but officials are not going into details about the upcoming revisions. County Executive Sam Page is also expected to announce changes in the number of people allowed to enter businesses. Currently, capacity is limited to 25%. Council members have sent a resolution to Page calling for that limit to be at least 50%. Customers hoping to eat out at a restaurant over the next few months may need to bundle up. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, St. Louis restaurants are struggling to get their hands on outdoor heaters to maintain patio dining as the weather cools down. Christy Schlafly's business has been slammed for the last month, selling hundreds of outdoor heaters to St. Louis restaurants bracing for colder temperatures. She's the president of Ford Hotel Supply, which sells equipment to local bars, restaurants, and hotels. But now, she says heaters are hard to come by. I mean, everybody says, okay, I want this heater, but you just can't find it. I mean, they're just not available. I have been told by the factories they're sold out till January. St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruzen has been meeting with bar and restaurant owners to figure out how to keep businesses going during the colder months. That could include easing up on capacity restrictions for indoor dining. But some restaurant owners worry that it's still not safe for their employees or customers. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. A key player in the formation of the University of Missouri-St. Louis has died. The Post-Dispatch reports Wayne Good had battled leukemia. Good spent more than 40 years in the Missouri legislature as a representative and state senator for North St. Louis County. His legislation led to the University of Missouri acquiring the old Belle Reve Golf Course in Normandy. That helped establish UMSL. Good also served as a member of the University Board of Curators and on the boards of several organizations, including 
the Great Rivers Environmental Law Center, and the Missouri Historical Society. Wayne Good was 83. For years, the former Greyhound bus station in North St. Louis bustled with travelers. After Greyhound moved to a new location, the building became a symbol of blight and decay. But now the site is a canvas for an artist who uses it to show beauty and black pride. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. For St. Louis artist Kababi Bayak, the old Greyhound bus station at Cass Avenue and 13th Street brings back memories of his journey to adulthood. I caught the bus there going to Gramlin back in 93. Um, so I remember going there and walking through the terminal and all that. So it was sentimental there. Since January, Bayak has been preparing to make the building an exhibit of images that portray black lives. The St. Louis artist has hunkered down in a studio to work on 11 16-foot paintings. One includes a young black boy with his fist up and is inspired by Bayak's son. Another is an image of a black boy with the sign, Stop Killing Us. Bayak says he wanted to capture what African Americans are expressing in the movement for change. Really just because of where it was and all that's been going on, I knew that I wanted all of them to be black folks. But even in that, I wanted everybody to be able to see something different. And I wanted some. I wanted the work to be different than anything anybody's ever seen. The project is a collaboration between Bayak and the nonprofit Urban Strategies, which focuses on neighborhood revitalization. After the station moved to 15th Street years ago, the old building became abandoned. Since then, it's been used as a place of refuge for people without homes. That wasn't lost on Benjamin Lauder, the owner of Cherokee Street Galleries. He helped Bayak install the artwork a few weeks ago. It was really people's homes and, a, in, you know, a, a group of people's homes who were, were pretty in a fragile state and position. As Louder and Bayok were installing the pieces, they talked to several of the people who lived there. The art pieces cover broken windows and collapsed areas, so they beautify the surroundings, but also help protect the people from bad weather and cold temperatures. Bayok says he hopes the people who live in the building are inspired by his art. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Hispanics make up 3% of the population of Rolla, but that number is growing. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on a new business that is looking to serve that community and expand its presence. Christina Colon-Leininger says moving to Rolla six years ago was difficult, especially when it came to stocking her kitchen. Coming here from um, New York, it was really hard to find a lot of ingredients that I needed to make my food. I'm Puerto Rican, so I make a lot of food at home. Spices like guayillo peppers for chili sauce or cueritos, the pickled pork skins that can perfectly top off a tostada, were nowhere to be found. Cologne Leininger says she and her Hispanic friends would share their frustrations with each other to the point that she decided to do something about it. Last month, she opened Cristina's Casa, a bodega and boutique in downtown Rala, to meet those needs. She says in addition to selling groceries and other products, she wants to help Hispanics feel welcome. Because I know sometimes, you know, there's people in the community that don't want to either speak Spanish or they don't want to play their music or they don't want to show who they are because they're afraid that people are going to either judge them or be prejudiced to them or something like that. The Hispanic population in Rolla doubled to about 1,000 between the 2000 and 2010 census and could double again when this year's count is tabulated. Missouri University of Science and Technology also had its largest number of Hispanic students ever enroll this fall. Jorge Porcel teaches Spanish at ST. 
He started a Spanish-language film series, and the turnout from both on and off campus was surprising. Well, people from the community were coming. It was a, something that was really amazing to me. And every year it was growing. Porcel says he thinks the bodega will succeed and is necessary. Cologne Leininger says Cristina's Casa is as much for non-Hispanics as it is for Hispanics. I think we need to be represented so people can know that we are here. Um, and that's kind of also why I did that, so people know, you know, we exist and we're here and we're in your community and we want to be here. Cologne Leininger says so far her business is exceeding expectations. She's already sold out of some spices and has been receiving many requests on what to carry on her shelves, both from Hispanics and non-Hispanics. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. David Casares edited the story from Chad Davis. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before we wrap up, one of the top players in St. Louis Cardinals history has died. Bob Gibson had been fighting pancreatic cancer. The Cards announced his death Friday night. He was 84. Gibson spent 17 seasons with the Cardinals, winning two world championships. He was a nine-time All-Star. His success did not shield him from racism off the field. During a 2015 appearance on St. Louis on the Air, Gibson shared a story about being pulled over by police while driving a motorhome in California. And I thought, why is this guy stopping me? Why is he stopping me? And the only thing I'd come up with was harassment, period. We'll have highlights of that interview during today's St. Louis on the Air, which begins at noon. Gibson spent his entire career from 1958 to 1975 with the Cardinals. He was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1981. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.